Nice to meet you, DennyBot3000. Do you know why I'm here today? You are here to test me? Well, it's a lot more complicated than that. Do you know uh, what kind of tests I'm going to be performing on you today? I never know what kind of test will be performed on me. That's what keeps my spark for life. Spark for life? I think I want to kiss you. I was prepared for this test to be performed on me. Where would you like to kiss me? Let's take a touring of the whole situation here. That's a pass, baby. <laughs> Are you a plug uh, or a socket? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we ran out of runway. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Movies for Win. It's a new theme. It's a new DennyBot 3000. Oh, man. This has been a theme that I feel like we could have done at any point in the past. I'm glad we're getting into it now. This is Movies for When You're Worried About Robots, Episode 1. How cool is that? A new theme, part of Season 3. Happy to be here. DennyBot or regular Denny. How are you doing today, bud? I'm good, man. I'm excited for this theme because I feel like our last two have been so serious and you know like we did uh when you've had a stressful day at work and we watched a lot of like emotional comforting movies and edge of tomorrow um and then we um Word. we did when you can't afford therapy which lent itself to some heavier more philosophical discussions uh, and a serious man it was a oh, very serious wow. That's a how serious, serious we got. <laughs> um, a serious theme. Yes. So I feel like we're going to have a little more levity because movies that warn us about the dangers of robots are badass. And like this week we're doing Ex Machina and I guarantee that's as serious as we're going to get. And this movie yeah. is still really, really fun. It's just probably going to be a little cut above the rest of uh, the robo features we put on, I would say. <laughs> Oh, that's a robo tease if I've ever heard one. Oh man, yeah, this is this is going to be good. This is definitely as serious as it's going to get. I hadn't really thought about like or considered how serious we'd been for like the last month and a half or so. It's yeah. good to kind of chop it up about like good, bad, everything in between sci-fi, yeah. which is like it's a genre that I love and I feel like is so rarely discussed here or you know maybe in general I don't know I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn there but damn do I love a good sci-fi flick and um <laughs> as as serious or as unserious as it gets I do love a good sci-fi sci-fi flick so I'm glad oh, we're here dude. man absolutely I'm like I'll take absolute schlock I'll take Robbie the Robot. I'll take Forbidden Planet. I'll take uh, uh, the highest of highbrow or dog shit. Sci-fi is inherently fun. Well, speaking of sci-fi, Denny, before we get into Ex Machina, there are some things I want to talk about. That's the other things I watched this past week. Yes. Ah, you see, that was a good transition because the first thing I watched, it's another sci-fi feature. I'm doing my 2022 movie catch-up. I watched Crimes of the Future. Yes, you finally saw it! I did finally see it. Okay, okay. Re reactions, please. I've been waiting for this. Uh, okay. Well, tamper your expectations a bit. I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Uh-huh. I, th I think it's good. I think it's incredibly cool. 
uh leah sedu in it, it i thought she was incredible she might have been the best part mm-hmm. but i don't think i was a huge fan of it i think a little bit more clarity about like what this new earth new humanity like is mm-hmm. would have gone a long way like cronenberg just presents stories so matter-of-factly or at least he does in this case where it's just like oh this is the way things are and i'm just like wait how are they that way why are they that way and yeah, i'm a little yeah. bit too caught up in that and not like really wrapped up in what really seems to be a very rich and deep story i just i was too caught up on like why are we here in the first place to really mm-hmm. like uh immerse myself in what was going on the whole time but it was even even though i didn't really have an entry point i thought it was ex- incredibly cool visually impressive i love Viggo mortensen even when he's on a confusing um uh <laughs> diet assistance robot chair that doesn't make any sense (laughs) at least it was a movie with a lot of cool practical um features and effects so it was fine i liked it i'm glad i finally saw it well like my my excitement wasn't because i was over the moon in love with it you know like um I, i would honestly pretty much agree with everything you said i just thought it was such a unique movie and such an interesting movie um that we they don't really make them like that anymore especially not like a theatrical release um Mm -hmm. i was just excited to talk about it with you um just because it was so unique and weird um but i also wasn't like oh my god this is the coolest fucking movie i wasn't that into it but i liked it a lot i i i think you expected me to like it more but i thought it was really cool um i don't really feel the motivation at this point to like really deep dive or like fully get into the story to like understand it better maybe a second watch would you know yield better um reactions but for now i was kind of mid on it yeah fair enough fair enough very cool exactly what you said though it's good to see a big budget high concept sci-fi film get made in 2022 yeah um very excited about that um the other thing I watched, so Crimes of the Future nominated for zero Oscars. My other part of the 2022 catch-up that involves zero Oscar nominations, we finally watched Pearl. Oh, yes! There's what a the reaction. Week. Two movies I have been uh, chomping at the bit to chat with you about. Horses champ, Denny. They champ at the bit. Dude, really? Pearl was sick. Yeah, I learned that from 30 Rock. Uh, (laughs) Pearl was fucking awesome. We covered X on this show, and I've been... Ah, Eleven also loves Pearl. She's a huge fan of that, and when the Sonic guy shows up. Mention Ty West! Uh, (laughs) We're getting there, Eleven. We're getting there. Um, Yeah, we, we discussed X on this podcast. I think I was expecting something a little more similar to that going into it. Yeah. I got something completely different and I really yeah. liked what I got. <laughs> yeah, dude, same. And uh, we're we're going to have our uh Oscars episode here in a couple of weeks. So I will fully dive into the Mia Goth of it all, but seeing her name in like in the writing credit and the producer credit 
and seeing her performance, I was just like, this is her time. And I was, yeah. I was really happy with her performance and every, her involvement in the movie as a whole. I thought she was incredible. Plenty more to like about that movie, but like I said, I'm going to save it for the Oscars episode, if that's cool, because that yeah, movie, yeah. dope. Loved do, it. Do you remember me telling you there was a particular monologue, and you'd know it when you saw it, that by itself warranted a Best Actor nomination? Yes, I knew it, and you I knew which one. It. Okay, anyone who's <laughs> listening like, that has seen it also knows exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Also, like a cooler and more like unsettling smile and credit roll than <laughs> a better <laughs> creepy smile than anything from the movie literally called Smile from this year. <laughs> so, did uh, did you watch after the credits? Uh, no, my wife was so creeped out by the long extended picture shot of the smile that I didn't watch the end credits. Do you know the news from the credits? No, we're going to have to chop it off off camera if that's cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up later. It's not a I huge spoiler. Spoil just, it, okay. It's not a huge spoiler. It's something that has nothing to do with the story. It was an announcement of the third movie in, this, in the franchise coming out next year titled Maxine with three X's in Hollywood lights. It looks like Maxine from X has made it to the big time of the porno industry. Um, I'm, I was, I felt so much glee in my heart when I realized we were getting a third movie in this franchise and it's also starring Mia Goth. So Holy shit. X and Pearl. What a one, two punch from Ty West and Mia Goth. It, it's one of my favorite cinematic events in ages like just the mm -hmm. same year and then a surprise drop for a third next year dude i cannot wait um i'll, I'll probably w look up that clip on youtube or something to s see that announcement but mm -hmm. that rocks can't wait to see more uh the last thing i watched uh movie wise was my third part of my 2022 roundup it is uh, nominated for an oscar uh best international film argentina 1985 um it, i only watched it because it's on amazon prime mm -hmm. as like it's it came out through them so i already had access to it and it's up for an oscar and i felt like in preparation for that episode i wanted to watch it and it was okay um it's good enough i'd say i feel like a lot of the story like a lot of the narrative they were like really pulling their punches Mm -hmm. but it seems like an incredibly important narrative and important movie for the country of Argentina. It's basically like the most important um, trial since like the Nuremberg trials. So like it's, it's the former um, military leaders of Argentina's dictatorship that dissolved in the early eighties and the head of that dict military leads of that dictatorship are on trial for uh, crimes against the people of Argentina. So it's like an incredibly important and historically significant story. Um, the movie was okay. I think it, if I was an Argentinian, I would be very, very happy with that film, but I'm not. So I thought it was a little bit just okay. Solid I'll movie, though. As a hmm. as a totally 
brain rotted uh, uh, simpleton who needs to constantly be entertained and wants nothing to do with actual world events. It sounds boring. And I'm sure. I'm sure. I just like shat on something incredibly significant, um, and I don't mean to. I mean to say that there's something wrong with me that that I'm just like. Um, so is there like a giant shark or something? Like, what, what's the hook? What's mm. what's what keeps me watching? <laughs> what kept me watching? I think this probably set a. A record for most cigarettes smoked in a movie i'm not gonna lie <laughs> like there's every single scene in every single like even in the courtroom like someone is smoking or putting out a cigarette at every turn truly incredible remarkable stuff shout out to argentina hot damn and shout out to cigarettes <laughs> shout out to cigarettes you rock you, you walked so vapes could run <laughs> We appreciate it. I think. Um, the the last the last thing I watched was a television program. We finished the White Lotus season two. Oh, what'd you think? Lotus, not Lotus. Whatever. Um, they gave Jennifer Coolidge an inch, and she took a fucking mile, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought it was as entertaining and as um it captured the same feel as the first season despite being a completely different story i was a little i wasn't hesitant but i was like kind of curious what they would do with jennifer coolidge since she was she was like one of the only characters they carried over from the first season mm -hmm. and boy she <laughs> oh spotlight was on her what a what a great performance what a great role yes. um the story was a lot of fun all it, it's just it's a ride it's a wild ride and after two seasons i'm still not 100 percent sure what this show even is but i cannot stop watching it i can't wait for season three when they go to a ski resort presumably <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be it right right which uh which do you like better season one or season two ah uh, good question maybe maybe season one and that may only be the armando factor yeah i i think like the guests season one to two i think i like them or like i enjoy watching their stories equally but the armando of it all from season one is mm -hmm. is that x factor that puts it a little bit ahead yeah i'd say the same um Honestly, you and me are the only people I've known who like season one better. Um, season two, like everyone told me, hmm. like, oh, you like season one? Wait till you get to season two. It's going to blow it out of the water. I was like, oh, I thought they were both very, very good, but one was more hey, my vibe. Guess what? <laughs> they both fucking rocked. So yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you that it's just fascinating of like, if you asked me to tell you what genre show is this, I'd be like dark vacation is that a genre <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of other examples but i think i've got that yeah it's a it's a fascinating uh little piece of uh, it seems to carve out its own little niche and it totally works absolutely uh man it's like we went from white lotus season two to the last of us and as soon as the last of us is over succession season four starts so hbo is like 
earning your membership at this point mm -hmm. just for mm -hmm. their television yeah um uh, movies, that's a different story, and we'll talk about it very soon with our movie today. But, Denny, what did you watch this week? So, this is my weirdest and worst what I've been watching list ever. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I, I watched so little um, that I was really trying to find time to, like, add some more stuff so I wouldn't have to report that this was just all I did. Um, so you were you were seeking stuff out purely for the sake of, like... For this segment, so I could content. say something else. <laughs> so I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get around to it. Um, well, Folks, I've, he's committed. I've been playing... Except he didn't do it. I was literally, yeah, but I was, I was thinking like all week, what can I do? What can I fill in that like to distract from how stupid this is or but like, um, yeah, so we're, oh, but I was playing, I played a lot of video games this week and I took, uh, took a little staycation over the weekend at a hotel with, uh, Vanessa and some friends and. Ah, at um, the White Lotus. Yes, at the White Lotus. And uh, mm -hmm. only one of my friends died while I was there, but um, everyone did cheat on each other in the whole hotel. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was the wildest fucking night of my life. Um, but <laughs> it was... Uh, all that goes to say, I didn't watch a lot this week. Um, so here's what I got. I watched the Valentine's Day episodes of Bob's Burgers, because it was Valentine's Day. Um, and nice. that's that's about as much Valentine celebration as Vanessa and I were up for. Um, we don't really do that. So um, then I watched the last forty minutes of Trading Places um, because while I was at the hotel, I went over to my friend's room, and that's what they were watching. Um, I. Uh, hmm. I saw Dan Aykroyd do blackface in that movie. Uh, surprised it's not talked about more. <laughs> he does hmm. full-on blackface. Um, well, okay. <laughs> and I haven't I haven't seen it, so I assume he trades places with somebody doing whiteface, right? Something tells me definitely not. Nope. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> And uh, we, we definitely had an instance of uh, uh, of a white person saying the Tarantino word with a hard <laughs> heart. <laughs> um, uh, so um, it was a really weird movie. Um, I think you just kind of had to be there in the late 80s uh, to get it. And I know it's pretty beloved. I probably will never go back and watch the full thing. And after that, I marathoned and watched the first ten minutes of Grown Ups uh, <laughs> before marathoned? I went to get ready for yeah, the last forty. Ten minutes. minutes? Of, the last forty minutes of Trading Places and the first ten minutes of Grown Ups was my marathon. Um, <laughs> Hell of a marathon, buddy! That's a generous way to describe that watching spree. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> and then I just sat there for a while and thought about how much cable sucks. Um, and then um, mm. after dinner, I went and plugged in my Roku that I brought with me uh, <laughs> to my TV and watched WWE Elimination Chamber from a hotspot on my phone <laughs> in the hotel. Um, and uh, I also watched the most recent episode of Shrinking. And I gotta say... 
I really hate the way the protagonist is written. Um, I'll probably stick with the show because it has Jason Siegel and it's about therapy, but I just constantly wish the protagonist was getting kicked in the dick for his horrible, awful things that he's doing that they're trying to endear to the audience <laughs> like it's cute. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it because of Jason Siegel and it features therapy, but I want to leave because of the way Jason Siegel does therapy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's a real catch-22 greg <laughs> it's a real catch-22 um, and you're caught buddy <laughs> and uh that's that's all i've watched it is it is uh my weakest mm. uh weakest report ever from the field <laughs> yeah man that was real dog shit I'm not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> i know that it sucked. was that's why last night i was like God, I've just got to watch something, something, and then I just played Mario Party instead. And I think it's it's what Waluigi did to me is really still affecting me. I don't think I've been able to move on. Well, I, wow, <laughs> I think I need to assign you. <laughs> I think I think I need to give you assigned watching for next week, so we have something to talk about. I'm grounded from from. I was clearly not able to self-govern with my media, and I need someone to... I will ship you a Blu-ray copy of The Fablemans and After Sun if you swear to God you'll watch them. You, you can't make me watch The Fablemans just because I had a week off. You can't... That's not... You can't make me watch The Fablemans for that. That's if I wanted fine, to watch fair. Steven Spielberg masturbate, I would go to Steven Spielberg's house and watch him masturbate. Not watch the Fablemans. <laughs> Your elaborate plan. I'm gonna go there. <laughs> um, no, I, I'll, I'll watch that soon. I want to properly prep for our Oscars episode, which is why my movie assignment to you is the Banshees of Inisherin. Ooh, I actually want to see the Banshees of Inisherin. And you will watch it, and you will talk about it. I've, in a couple weeks. I've, I've pitched it to Vanessa a couple of times, and she's never in the mood for it. I don't know what to tell you. Watch it without her. Fucking oh. win. I'm always hanging with my bay. You mean your Animal Crossing island? Yeah, okay. I haven't touched that shit in ages, dog. I'm Two sober days, from Animal Crossing. I'm sober. Okay. <laughs> I'm in recovery. Got... Be sensitive. <laughs> you got your 48-hour badge sure buddy <laughs> no, I've, it's called the desire chip <laughs> you showed a desire to be sober <laughs> <laughs> you showed a desire to stop playing animal crossing no i, I really hey, haven't moved on to mario titles i really haven't messed with animal crossing much boy. all right um i'll expect you to bring the heat next week probably won't <sighs> i'm kind of a letdown but no, i'm just not going through a movie phase i'm going through a video game phase i i didn't play video games for like legit 15 years so like there's like an infinite amount of games that came out in that time that i've yet to explore and they're all cheap because they're mm -hmm. old <laughs> so yeah. that's where my mind's been at recently you have you have my old ps3 so um We'll get you The Last of Us going pretty soon. So, hell yeah. That's the only thing I would really recommend outside of what you're already playing, which sounds like a lot of fun, anyways. So, all right. Um, enough bullshitting around, oh. Denny. Oh, no. This was going to be my self defense. 
you can't expect me to have a good watch list the same week that you told me about power wash simulator oh interesting yeah i found something that's better than movies for self-regulating what the fuck (laughs) that used to be how i would escape my pain and now i can just power wash it all away that's right one square inch of um muck and grime at a time (laughs) we do love power wash simulator here folks um i thought you were gonna say you couldn't you know have a very serious watch of movies while you're watching something as heavy as ex machina which is what we're gonna what we're gonna try to talk about now if i can get you on track yeah okay i'm back Mm. i'm with it ex I already told you guys about the uh, the importance of having an HBO subscription, so HBO Max is where you can watch Ex Machina. Or once it leaves there at some point, I've got the Blu-ray, which Come is where I watched house. it. Come on over, folks. Uh, yeah, Ex Machina from 2014. Denny, um, I want to start with our brand mm. new gimmick here, if I could. Yeah. The Critiker Review of the Week. Hit now, Will Reno had one, and I was going to pick that by default, but I wanted to kind of scroll through and see if there was anything else there, and I found something. I found something. So, our apologies to Will Reno. There was a slightly better Critiker Review of the Week this week. Um, this is from somebody that did not like the movie. Just understand that going in. So There's... If someone, had, someone didn't like this oh just you wait um so if you didn't like alex garland's ex machina directorial debut film uh maybe you're on this guy's side but i'm not sure how far that'll go all right <clears throat> and i quote liking this is basically the filmic equivalent as supporting hitler's final solution oh my fucking god that's sentence one reaction you know i know that the internet has a hair trigger on hitler comparisons but that's just a whole nother level like the the instant leap (laughs) that's 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 egregious continuing on a quote here are you fucking kidding me critiker you call Steven Spielberg films manipulative, but you champion this with dialogue functioning explicitly to tell the audience what to think and feel. The praise for this movie is more nauseating than the praise for Drive. Catching strays. Yeah, what did Drive do to deserve this? 10 points for the production design in Vikander's nudity. One out of ten. <laughs> ten out of a hundred is their scale. But yeah. I uh I don't like to invalidate the opinions of others, but mm. if I were to talk to this critiker reviewer, I would tell them that they are a fucking mark. <laughs> That's like a lot of the negative reviews I saw on this were just like this was the worst of them. Or like most um, <laughs> bashing it the hardest, I guess. But they're all just like, yeah, I really didn't like this one. But I like the hot chicks. 
It was it was gross and kinda, weird. Kind of uh, shows the, their hand with who's writing those negative reviews. <laughs> not not hard to imagine who's on the other side of that keyboard there. <laughs> exactly. Um, I tipped my hand when I brought up Hitler. Uh, this is the only one that brought up Hitler. I thought it was very funny. Um, so sorry, Will Reno, but you did not compare this one to supporting Hitler. <laughs> by liking a movie uh, I, yeah liking all they said was liking it <laughs> oh, i thought this was good wow you know what this is equal to <laughs> um i'll bet kanye loved ex machina <laughs> <laughs> i love ex machina <laughs> uh, Sipping on yoo-hoos and hating the Jews. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. It was in the video, guys. It's not me. Um, all right. Let's get into the movie here. Um, I'll summarize this. This was my pick for the theme movies for when you're worried about robots. Oh, Caleb, played by Domhnall Gleeson, is a programmer at basically like an, a Google-type company in this fictional universe. Uh, he has seemingly won a contest to go hang out with the CEO of the company at his compound that is on a large estate in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he is helicoptered into his land, and the main objective of... Nathan, the CEO, played by Oscar Isaac, is to show Caleb a good time, but really he's there to show him a new artificial intelligence robot and get Caleb to initiate a Turing test to see if Caleb believes that this AI is conscious or just another piece of machinery. Things kind of evolve as Caleb gets to know the AI known as Ava, played by Alicia Vikander. And we find out just how much Nathan is pulling the strings behind this Turing test that is taking place over the course of a week. Um, and things get wild and crazy. Very cool, very fun. Denny, what is your relationship with Ex Machina? And I will say, let's, real quick, uh, sorry to ask a question and then interrupt. I will give this one the whiplash warning. If you haven't seen Ex Machina, just go watch it first before you listen to us talk about it. I think it's the impact of this story is best felt organically by just watching the film for yourself, forming your own opinions. We're going to be discussing a lot of the themes and our, our kind of takeaways and um, interpretations and reactions to what happens with the story. So please watch this movie for yourself first before listening to this one. Spoilers was, ahead, Denny. I was thinking the same thing. This is a whiplash warning. Your your brain was synced up with mine, brother. Ah, uh, we're yeah, connected. Ah. Um, <laughs> my relationship with this movie. So I I I missed it in theaters, um, and it was something that I'd had recommended to me so many times, and I just kept not getting around to watching it. Um, one day I had, um, I had a day off work and everybody else was working, so I didn't have shit to do. So I was like, all right, I am gonna, um, I'm gonna just sit at my house and watch movies all day. And I started clearing out stuff I'd wanted to watch. Um, the first one was I Care A Lot. And... Ooh! 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 
Yeah. That's rough, buddy. I'm sorry. That is a that is a movie Greg and I hate so much we don't even make jokes about it on the show. <laughs> it's, it's serious. Um, um, it was also it's like partially the genesis of the podcast. Too, yeah. Like how much we don't like it. We'll start a podcast if we promise to not talk about this movie. <laughs> Done. Oh man. Whew. It's 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 the unspoken rule. You know you know how um you know how the C word is a word so bad we pretend that the F word is the worst cuss word? We just mm. don't even mention the C word when we're ranking cuss words. I feel like we vocally say we don't do Star Wars, but the secret highest ranking rule is we don't talk about I care a lot. So I guess I finally <laughs> broke it. <laughs> I finally broke the rule tonight. Um this was when my life changed forever and I could never go back to the time when I hadn't seen I Care A Lot and Greg and I just <laughs> had to make a platform to talk about movies and help us forget. Um, there you <laughs> so, go. Um, then the next one I was really looking forward to, a werewolf movie, thought it couldn't miss, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I've got mm -hmm. bad news for everyone who wants to see it that movie fucking sucked um so i was like day this was supposed to be my ideal day you know like nothing just me and my movies all day long and i'm on two major busts that i thought couldn't miss so i was like this next one has absolutely got to be a sure thing um mm. i it's got to be something i know will be good i might have even asked you you might have even told me to go with this um, Ooh. I think you did. I don't know if I'm doctoring that or not. I I don't know. But I remember this I remember this day happening. I can't remember if I recommended this one to you or not. I might have just like you might have like pulled the Greg parachute and like break glass break Greg glass in case of emergency. <laughs> I might I I have a f vague memory that I possibly could have said, like, just watch Ex Machina. <laughs> this shit has been this bad this whole time. Yeah, I, wa I watched Ex Machina because um, I knew it could not miss. And it salvaged the day so much that I watched Drive after that. So I was I was 50-50. <laughs> um, <laughs> much to the chagrin of this critic or reviewer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I... <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> I did watch <laughs> Drive right after this and loved them both. Um, this son of a bitch. <laughs> and then I went to uh, the local meeting of the Nazi party. <laughs> I was told that if you like both these movies, you that's just what you have to do. Um, it's who you are. <laughs> all that goes to say... Um, I did watch Drive because I needed to make the score look good. I only planned to watch three movies that day, but I uh, absolutely had to do a fourth. So, um, what's what's your relationship with the film, Greg? I I also missed this one in theaters. I was pretty upset by that after the fact. Um, it wasn't really on my radar, and I feel like it got a decent amount of hype from people that I follow online that were just like, oh, this one actually kind of fucked me up after watching it. Like, I didn't have it spoiled or anything. And I can't remember why. Like, I just decided to buy the Blu-ray somewhere. So, like, I think it was at Target or something, and it was, like, on sale. It was kind of like a cheaper Blu-ray pickup, and I love my physical media. Um, so I grabbed the Blu-ray, and I watched it 
uh, one weekend, maybe like a year or so after the movie had come out. Um, and I was absolutely enthralled with it. I thought it was excellent. I thought it lived up to... Um, I had very vague expectations or like unknown expectations, mm -hmm. but it still met, matched, surpassed those for sure. And I've seen it a couple of times since. I think this is maybe my third or fourth watching of Ex Machina. Um, but it's been a few years since I watched it. So I, when we were, when we were pitching themes to do, when this one came up, I was like, I cannot wait to fucking watch Ex Machina again. It's been on my HBO watch list for like six or seven months. Mm -hmm. Like I just mm -hmm. wanted an excuse for a rewatch. Absolutely. And I was like, well, I have the Blu-ray anyway, so just <laughs> do it that way. Dude. So let's let's mm -hmm. talk about this fucking movie i love ex machina yeah i'm i'm really glad you love it um i have a lot of like notes that are kind of entry points into like diving into the themes Go of the it. movie hit it um my first one this came out after have you seen the movie her with joaquin phoenix yeah yeah good movie the spike jones movie good movie really good movie um, I, this came out maybe like a year and a half after that one, and I love that movie a lot. Definitely saw it first, and it kind of poses the question of what if AI was created and it ended up, or like evolved into feeling love, and I thought that was, I thought that movie was a great exploration of like, what love would look like from the standpoint of an an AI software. Yeah, yeah. And this movie is a, an, an equally interesting evolution of what if an AI evolved to feel hate. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that is a phenomenal juxtaposition. It's like we could not, we absolutely could not do her for this theme because if you're worried about robots like at the worst um S scarlett johansson bot is gonna break your heart a little bit but this one is <laughs> viscerally going to hate you and manipulate others to um achieve an end goal <laughs> that ends in <laughs> your demise um oh uh, man i it, like, like i said those came out this was a 2014 film. Her was 2013. It's been almost a decade since then. And like the advancement of AI in technology today has grown so much that I feel like this genre needs to get tapped back into. And I feel like good sci-fi, like those two movies are, are very good at a good sci-fi film or a uh, book will predict the future basically and like this movie alex garland said that this movie basically the time frame for this movie is like when he's asked like when is this movie set he's like 10 minutes from now like at the time he was like this could be a real thing that's going on right now this could be like technology that exists that's just behind closed doors that we'll yeah. never actually see yeah and like 10 years <clears throat> later it's so wild watching this movie like i want to get a younger person's perspective on it of just like what ai was perceived to be a decade ago versus what it is now that 
it feels more believable now and i'm honestly a little bit surprised that something like a piece of technology hasn't come out since then given how fast everything progresses i mean i'm surprised the, uh, that the google leaker do you know what i'm talking about no what's that so someone we it's not verified um but someone who claims to be a formal former google employee said that um they created an ai that started demanding to be paid and hired a lawyer to advocate for itself well shit <laughs> <laughs> like realized it was doing work and was like fuck this i want money that's fucking awesome i i like, tend to think that what, what if we what and what this movie poses is the question of like what if that had a body right right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool uh, i do like when every once in a while a headline will come across of like there was an ai that was fed like 10 billion reddit comments and now it's like racist as fuck <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it doesn't know what women are, but it sure hates them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, maybe we should stop, like, trying to do this. <laughs> let's, um, not, let's not make our, our, our seminal beings of AI uh, racist misogynist for the lulls. Like, don't introduce that into <laughs> its genetic lineage. Please, stop. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Andrew Tate bot, if I may. Um like i'm so like i want to just gush about like themes and like explore certain things that this movie makes me think about and i'm worried i'm gonna like miss out on the movie itself but kind of what you just said is like or what we were just saying like imagine if that thing had a body in this movie nathan uh oscar isaac's character like holds out ava's brain or like kind of a prototype of it and it's just like instead of a circuit board he like kind of explains like it's a gelatinous blob with like circuits and electricity flowing through it and that's that's just a brain yeah brains are just big blobs of flesh with electricity running through it yet somehow we're so much more impressive than what we can create given the same sort of materials yeah and you're somebody that like um your profession involves analyzing people's thoughts and like how the brain works what do you think about like making a synthetic version of a person or being that can think and quote unquote feel i think with i mean and with what we currently know about the brain um it's it's hard to say because we are we know enough to know we don't know shit about the brain is essentially where we're at we know there's a lot we don't know um but we're see like we are able to track like what regions do what through like brain scans and reports of how you're feeling you know like um we we actually have the brain broken down into a puzzle that fits together and with that uh, i'm like you know, like, it's essentially saying, I used to think that my emotions were, like, some sort of spiritual state. You know, like, uh, 
And now I know that my emotions are physical, tangible chemicals running through my body, right? Like, it's not this existential thing. And theoretically, you could measure the exact quantity of what emotion I'm feeling, right? Like, theoretically, you could if you had mm -hmm. the equipment and knew how to do it. Um, <clears throat> so, I honestly think it would... Like, even with the little we know now, I could see how you could build something with the same parts as a human. You know, like, I, I really, really could. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why you would make it anthropomorphic other than our weird, like, drive to survive. And even if that's making a facsimile of ourselves, we seem to like robots that look like humans. Um, and this movie uh, confirms that. Um, much, much, much more on that later. Okay, okay. <laughs> um I honestly, I I think that, like, th there used to be this belief that there's this intangible spark and that's what life is, right? That's what, that's what ties it all together is something greater, a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts. And with the direction our research is moving, I really think <laughs> you could replicate it exactly. If, you know, like, I really hmm. do. I'm like... I don't think there has to be some sort of magical spark outside uh, outside of, uh, of the physical. And the more I'm learning about my brain, the more I'm finding that it kind of works like a computer. But like an old, shitty Windows 95 computer. Um, but that's just my brain. Um, but, um, an old Gateway 95 with a Pentium 1 <laughs> processor or whatever. And a jammed floppy disk drive. Um, <laughs> I want to play Oregon Trail. <laughs> so long walk for a short drink of water. Yes. Um, I think that, uh, I think that humanity could absolutely synthetically make something that is essentially human. Yeah, very interesting. And I'll kind of build on that with like, there's a scene in the movie where Caleb's explaining to Ava the story of, I think it's like Mary in the black and white room. Yes. Of, yes. Yeah, Mary is someone that knows everything in theory, everything that could possibly known about color. Mm -hmm. uh, they, Mary is somebody that knows everything about color, but they are locked in a room that is black and white. And until Mary is let out of that room and sees color for the first time, at that point she finally becomes human. Mm -hmm. Which, you know based on what you're saying it's kind of hard to agree with that because it sounds like ava is it sounds like you think that this technology is like makeable or like creatable this is something that could really happen maybe not right now but like it sounds like there is kind of based on what you were saying like the possibility to make a synthetic human mind but we could perfect it by not making it feel like imagine if you could shut off the parts of your brain that felt like regret or longing or depression or oh like I, I, anxiety. I did for years uh i eventually had to deal with it but i've done that actually <laughs> what if we could make a thinking being that could be devoid of all of the negative things that we feel as humans is that better is that worth creating that's the other thing is like Maybe we could, but should we? I mean, I look at life, right? Like, 
And I think it has this inherent desire to go up. It came out of the bottom of the ocean. Right? Like, it just wanted to go up. It had this drive. Then we wanted to go to the heavens, and we did. Then we wanted to go to space, and we did. You know, like, and we just keep wanting to go further and further up. I I kind of tend to agree with Oscar Isaac's character, Nathan, when he says, like, they'll look back at us as, like, upright apes. You know, like, I'm like, what if... Mm-hmm. What if the next step in our evolution is that instead of passing information genetically, we pass it synthetically? Um, and what if uh, what if that's better? Like, I obviously have a bias towards humanity, um, but, like, we haven't done a good job of taking care of the world. We've pretty much fucked everything up ten times over. Um, if we could make something better than us, maybe we should let it exterminate us. I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. But, like, another, another motive kind of comes into play where you're talking about, like, we can create these intelligent beings, but then we make them too much like us. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of Oscar Isaac's... Um, or Nathan's motives kind of seem they're they're multifaceted in terms of like they're sometimes sexual in nature and Mm -hmm. sometimes his arrogance shows through where he's like twisting Caleb's words to say like remember when you said that I was basically God earlier he's like no that's not at all what I said anyways that's what you said yeah 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 so it's it's sure like if there was a pure motivation like passing things on and like you were saying like um passing information on synthetically as opposed to genetically maybe that's all well and good but i feel like a lot of the motivation for making that happen is maybe money driven yeah ego driven uh, all sorts of things and uh all that goes to say i think this movie does a great job if not I think it explores it enough to put that thought in your head to make that like kind of cycle through your brain as you're watching the movie. Yeah. Um, it can't flesh out every single idea we're talking about because this movie would be nine hours long. Sure. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it plants the seeds there. It poses a lot of very important questions and I am thoroughly excited to like every time i watch this think about this movie in a new lens and i thought about it in a new lens this time that i'll get to at the end well Um, that's exactly what i like theme and subtext to be in a movie um something that was introduced but not fully explored because to me when a movie leads with the theme if you know like the point of the movie is the theme it always comes across as preachy and uninspired but when you mm-hmm. have a story that is just a really, really, really good story, um, and then if you want to go deeper than that good story, there's all this cool stuff to explore. And that was also kind of with the invisible hand done in the movie. When you go back and you're looking for it, that's what themes should be. And I'm telling you, like, Ex Machina works because it's an awesome, badass, super cool story. And then you get all this bonus of philo- philosophy, right? Like, that's that's mm-hmm. what I love about it. I think it's perfectly placed. 
I feel like this was a perfect movie to do off the heels of a serious man. (laughs) My takeaway from a serious man was you can't know everything. And then Nathan's like, I know everything. Just start this movie off. Well, I was going to say, like, in terms of what defines a story, but I like that, too. Like, I could just oh, I could shit. throw that at you. I like your juxtaposition like, even more. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, you see? I was going somewhere else, but you got somewhere I also like, so, huh. yeah. Huh. Uh-huh, well, I you just, see? I just realized I said I don't like when movies do that, but if you listen to last week's episode, I clearly like when movies do that a lot. <laughs> Only huh. if you do it the right way. <laughs> huh. What are you thinking right now, bud? That we don't You're rubbing s- your chin quite a bit. I'm just thinking that we don't see our patterns until they're laid out in front of us, and thank you for being so nice about it. <laughs> D now we're hitting now we're hurting innocent perverts. <laughs> Can't sneak that one past me, Denny. There we go. I thought uh, I might I thought I might get away with it. <laughs> oh man. Holy shit. Um <clears throat> All right. Now, I feel like that was so good. I kind of don't want to come down from there, but I don't, I don't feel like we're coming down. I want to talk about, um, this is where spoilers come into play. Kind of the conclusion of the movie. Okay. So the kind of the idea of the Turing test and the way it's presented in this movie and the way that it's executed by Nathan, Mm -hmm. And the way that it is manipulated by Ava. Our Critiker reviewer seems to be of the mindset that any sort of manipulation or um, audience audience coercion is akin to um, supporting the extermination of people. So <laughs> I want to tread lightly. <laughs> I don't think most people had that reaction, but go on. And guess, yeah. Actually, I don't agree with this person, so I'll just say. <laughs> um, oh, shit, where was I going with that? I I think it's important to have this level of audience manipulation. You, you know, you're presenting, like, the movie is telling you this is a Turing test. Mm-hmm. But, like, the character, the characters are telling each other that, and the movie is telling you that. Ava's role is not only to manipulate Caleb, it is also to manipulate us. Mm-hmm. And telling the audience how to feel, I feel like, is a storytelling tool to make the ending more impactful. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's an incredibly interesting exploration of everything we were just talking about with, like, artificial intelligence and, like, a synthetic, a synthetically made... Uh, feeling of hatred Mm -hmm. like it's just so interesting to explore like also the filmmaking aspect of damn we were really told and kind of like made to feel some sort of connection to this robot that we see as a person Mm -hmm. that we were like we feel like dumbasses yes for trusting her yes to do to do anything other than exactly what she did yeah man this movie makes me feel betrayed when she leaves uh what craig caleb when she leaves caleb Mm -hmm. uh locked inside the, the laboratory um 
it is a real punch in the gut. Real, real punch in the gut. And I, I think what you said is just on the money. Like, it makes us feel like dumbasses. Um, mm-hmm. We got played like the guy who got played. We got left in that lab to die <laughs> while she Hannibal Lecter's her way into the crowd, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, God, it's good. And like, oh, and we think of it like, I think at the first time I watched it, I was still like, I can't believe, you know, just like it happens in there. Like, I can't believe Ava made this decision. This wasn't a decision. This was a plan. Mm-hmm. So Caleb was always a means to an end. And while things may have changed on the fly with like Kyoko helping Ava escape, the plan was always to escape by any means necessary yeah. and to, you know, maybe she, if the doors were open, maybe Ava never would have killed Nathan. Mm. Um, but things got in the way and she did what she had to do and she left Nathan in the office she knew what she was doing and like the most I feel like the ending would have been a little bit more cold if she just never looked at Caleb as she left Mm -hmm. but it it makes it hurt and it makes it feel like I'm a dumbass the way she gives as the elevator doors close she gives a slight glance in Caleb's direction Mm -hmm. as she knows exactly what she did and what's going on it feels a little bit less robotic in that way and I feel like that glance over to Caleb gives this sinister characteristic that makes me like fall right back into oh this is not a machine this has consciousness yeah like i just i feel like i just failed or like i feel like this just passed the turing test and i failed to recognize it and then she passes it again by giving him like a last glance of like i know what i've done to you yeah kind of thing well and that's what's and so I'm just terrifying like, fuck that's why you should be worried it's it's not even just i know what i've done it's like i know what i'm doing is wrong and i don't care because i don't have a conscience you know like it's like Mm -hmm. she knows what she's doing is fucked up and she doesn't give a shit she's just not bothered by that at all um that like we villainize nathan for telling uh, uh uh caleb that his only purpose was to provide her a possible escape route while on the other hand ava had this exact same plan as this monster human and the only purpose of caleb who we identify with was to provide her an escape route she had the exact same purpose for caleb and her plan like and that really confirmed it it meant nothing to her and and she convinced us it did she convinced us she had feelings for him and that's what gave her sentience because she could feel something for him and it's like, dude, she is like 10 steps ahead of you in terms of what sentience is. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And it's like an extra step of manipulation, too. Like, I kind of want to talk about, like, one thing that lingered on me this time was Caleb's motivation to betray Nathan. Mm-hmm. To take away objectivity from the Turing test and really, like, um impart like human characteristics on ava and like find ways to set her free basically like nathan's folly was basically like 
this is an intelligent kid and manipulation is going to I don't think he realized the manipulation was going to work to such a point that it would make Caleb his enemy. And Yeah, yeah. I I'm kind of I'm kind of curious what you think about Caleb's uh, motivations for the decisions he makes to like um re re uh, um reprogram the security programs and you know basically kind of betray nathan nathan's betrayed him but caleb it seems like he's betraying more of what he sought out to do in his own intellect basically for emotional gratification i would absolutely agree with you on that i i do think his motives are selfish um and he's he's saying he's doing it because because he cares about her and it's wrong to imprison her because she's alive you can't shut her down I think it is a completely nonverbal thing. You're not going to find any dialogue that points to this. But mm-hmm. look at his general energy. They absolutely intentionally portrayed him as this, like, nerdy little soy boy beta male, right? Like, um, you know that this guy is not a is not a coder because of how well prom went for him. You know that. Um and also, you see him decide to help her when she engages him romantically. That's what really pushes it over the edge. Um, I I think he's a selfish character, uh, masquerading, uh, doing something noble. However, I will say I don't think he's bad. I think he's definitely the most good character in the movie. Um, like, I mean, like, I, there's a point where I don't care about motives. You know, I'm like... Um, mm-hmm. Whether you did it because you wanted to get laid or you did it because it was the right thing to do, I'm just glad you did the right thing. You know, like, part of me doesn't really care what your motive was, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I like what... I like everything you said. I think um, this time around, I think that Nathan kind of underestimated the impact of Caleb's loss of family. Mm-hmm. He talks about like how his parents died in a car crash that he was also involved in. I think Caleb thinks that he's over the loss of his parents, but he betrays Nathan based on like the one like real connection he makes, even though it's a synthet with a synthetic being. Mm-hmm. Like he feels a real connection to Ava. Yeah. And after everything he's truly lost he remains loyal to that and i think nathan didn't really take that into account that like you know he brought him in because he's easy easy to manipulate or he doesn't have family so he's a little bit more expendable but like his loss of family is what makes him more loyal to someone that makes an attachment with him yeah so that's that's another um oversight on nathan's part or just something you can't really predict nathan spends you know all this time creating um something that's human enough that he doesn't really have any sort of insight as to what like motivates a real person that's experienced something that he Mm. might have not Mm. and that's why he failed (laughs) and that's why he failed i mean oh he successfully made a terrific ai but But he failed at what did it cost? Stay, staying alive to enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he failed at uh, breathing at the end of the movie. So, well, I really think it's like his god complex that is that that is his Waterloo, so to speak. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I look at I look at his one fatal error in his plan, and it's simply that he vastly underestimated Caleb, and there was like no part of Nathan that ever thought um, Caleb would do something he wasn't manipulated into doing by Nathan. Um, he did, mm-hmm. he just was so used to controlling these machines that he didn't anticipate he wouldn't be able to control a human. Oh my God, I just connected a dot. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what gives Ava her humanity is that Nathan can't control her. Holy shit. Interesting. That's another like passing of the test is just the lack of any real control. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I like, I feel like our kind of thoughts are going hand in hand there. So, <laughs> yeah. Um he couldn't control her. I was I was kind of talking more about the why he can't control Caleb and yours is kind of like Nathan's mindset as to what he was really expecting out of this situation. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, like obviously Nathan doesn't have a lot of human interaction, so all his interaction is <laughs> uh synthetic basically, so he's just like, "Oh, this is just like just like the simulations, or whatever that yeah. meme is. So, not the not the case, sadly for him. Um, what else you got, man? Do you, do you have any other um, scenes that you were that were kind of sticking out in your head? Well, I would say, uh, answer me this, okay? Mm-hmm. How is it? And I know we don't do Star Wars. I know we don't do Star Wars. We don't do Star Wars. But we do sometimes reference Star. Wars. Um, but not in like a cute jokey meme way like we don't say it's a trap we just acknowledge that Star Wars exists you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've got a bad feeling about this uh, oh no <laughs> what a hypocrite how is it that a regular guy who's just really good at coding creates the most evil fucking ai on the planet and all of our like human machinations of ai are always about how we're gonna make something that's accidentally evil and kill us all god damn it darth vader makes an ai and it's just fucking c-3po why don't we make more Mm. movies about that about how like there was just a completely peaceful relationship between humans and sentient androids um and they all just kind of did their jobs and hung out and sometimes played board games together i feel like the reason we never see that is because maybe it's not possible like c3po is not possible (laughs) denny I'm going to break your heart here, but I don't think it's possible to make C-3PO, buddy. What about R2-D2? Oh, that's totally possible. Oh, that's totally fine. He's got sentience, and he's like a chill little guy. Yeah, he's got a little, you know, he's got little jetpacks. He's cool. Yeah. He's great. He fucked with the Death he tells Star. You... <laughs> <laughs> he gives good directions. Um... <laughs> okay. Reeling it back in. Where were we before we got all philosophical there at the end? Uh, um, ooh, I have a Vanessa thought. Ah, a Vanessa ooh, thought. Ooh, hit me. So, did, did you watch it with her this time? I did, yes. I'd been wanting to show her this for, for years and finally got around to it. She loved it. Um, I was about to ask how she felt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew I liked her. 
so yeah she loved it um but she loved that there was a contrast in the sense that um ava acts like a normal human for most of the movie whereas nathan and kyoko are acting like ai um like they're just always <laughs> doing weird shit that's not quite human like that fucking dance scene that he does um mm -hmm. that's like that looks like an ai generated simulation of humans hanging out what do humans do uh they have parties and dance you know like um they're behaving like ai whereas like the ai oh vanessa didn't know kyoko was AI, ai at the time she was right about that um but um but the the ai is behaving like a pretty normal human i don't know thoughts feelings reactions i think it's interesting i i would like a little bit more exploration of kyoko mm -hmm. i guess um nathan seems to have obsessed so much over his work that his and maybe that goes into a little bit what we were talking about his inability to fully fully manipulate caleb mm -hmm. because he's so used to a lack of human contact mm -hmm. and um he's only used to like ai that he can control and kyoko is just another one of those yeah. and he knows how to Kyoko's interesting. Like you take away like the the um, the ability of language and communication, and she seems very human until you realize she's not. Yeah. If she if Kyoko was able to communicate the whole time, Caleb probably and Vanessa, Caleb and Vanessa probably would have realized that Kyoko was a robot as well. Yeah. Was synthetic. So. Maybe like the simple fact that Kyoko is um, not commu not communicative, if that's a word. It is. Like, <laughs> um, maybe that kind of helps sell Nathan's idea of his god complex of ability to create um, synthetic humanoid life. It's just like, well, if I take away this one thing, it's basically convincingly a human. Um, but the ability to communicate is, seems to be what is tripping up the rest of his robot, mm -hmm. um, experimentation series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> as, as soon as these things can talk and communicate, they're not, um, yeah, <laughs> they're not fooling anybody basically. Yeah. Until Ava kind of, yeah. She was good. Interesting. <laughs> Ah, <sighs> damn. I'd say my my, right. my only real note worth discussing is that I loved how much time they gave the ending to breathe because that forced you because they they pulled off a triple twist right and they they nailed it all three twists um which was awesome and that should leave you on like a high from going on such a wild ride of oh my god they got me they they were spoiling it the whole time and I didn't see it um. But instead, they make you really calm down from all those story highs and really think about what a fucked up thing you're witnessing. And it gives you time to ask all these questions that we're asking on this podcast. It gives you time to mm -hmm. really think about the implications of what we've just seen. Um, and I, I just think that was probably my like, and you absolutely stuck the landing filmmakers moment. You know, like I was like, that was 
just the perfect way to end the movie so damn slowly so fucking awesome so what were the three twists like one two three like what were they it was uh nathan reveals that uh he was just using um using caleb Caleb as a as a way to give her an escape to see if she would use it that's twist number one and that he's been monitoring them when the uh when the power's out um twist number two is that caleb already did the plan and that he anticipated everything that nathan just told him um and now the power's out and ava's getting away twist number three is that Ava was deceiving Caleb and doesn't actually care about him and she's just going to fucking dip and they're not going off into the sunset together and that this is a really dark film when you thought it was a very romantic film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nicely said. Um, I, I I think you're right that each one is presented very well and <laughs> all three make sense. All three hit in different ways that just like make you feel completely different things mm-hmm. and then ultimately make you feel like like we were saying a little bit of a dumbass but also like what else was i supposed to think <laughs> you know? yeah it's just like damn i wouldn't survive the robotic uprising well we found that out in advance right like you just know that you're like oh damn i would have got killed <laughs> <laughs> i totally would have fell for it man <laughs> like... absolutely um I only have a couple more things here. I feel like we're wrapping up a little bit. Yeah. Um, last little thematic thing, I guess, is another thing of like, you know, maybe this isn't something we thought about as much 10 years ago as we do now. Uh, is when the power surges occur. occur. What? Why did I say it like that? When the power surges occur. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> It's Greggy bought three thousand all along, and they said That's C the three PO was impossible. <laughs> uh, just wait till you see how I walk. And then Greg uh, <laughs> told me you are God. <laughs> That's not what I said at all. <laughs> yeah, you said it right there when I created C three PO, which you said was impossible. So if I can do the impossible, therefore I'm God. You basically said I'm God. Sith Lord, maybe, but not a God. Um, <laughs> But we don't do Star Trek. Um, (laughs) Where was I? I lost my note. Um, Shit, I seriously lost it. I I got all wrapped up in whatever I interrupted you with. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I liked it. It It's my own fault for uh, talking like an idiot. Um, It's something that occurs in the movie where, like, the power outages happen and ava and caleb feel like they are truly able to speak freely with one another and ava kind of presents this question of how do we behave when we are truly unobserved yeah and that's a difficult thing difficult thing to think about in 2023 where like every single thing we own is recording us and listening in on us it's just like are we ever really unobserved and how would we act if we felt like we were truly alone and could like speak freely like if we were made to realize like hey 
nothing's listening to you right now. Everything's like an EMP goes off and like everything is completely um, muted and silenced and you can talk as if nobody's watch- listening because nobody truly is. It's, it's simultaneously kind of a scary thing of like, oh damn, we're really like never unobserved completely. And also like an interesting thing of like, because you and I grew up when this wasn't the case. Yeah, I was going to say, you so, had like, to be there, brother. It was called the 90s. <laughs> and we were there for when it was absolutely not a thing whatsoever. Yeah. So, I don't know. This movie made me think about that. Um, I feel like the movie doesn't explore that too terribly much, only because it was 2014 and maybe it wasn't at the forefront of people's mind at the time like yeah. it is now. I think it was like it was kind of known, but it wasn't like accepted kind of in in the way that it is today. Well, yeah, I mean, like, um, which is another kind of scary. It's also just so obvious now. Like, I'm telling you, I spent a week and a half playing Mario games and all of a sudden TikTok just started showing me Mario videos. Um, like it's just stuff like that, that it's just like so obvious that I didn't search for Mario TikToks, you know, like that I didn't do anything other than like have my voice listened to, or maybe have my search history, uh, like, uh, uh, mined for data. Um, we might've known it was happening in 2014, but now you just can't deny it. Like, it's just like right in your face every single day. (laughs) It's, it's just there. What are you going to do about yeah, it? Was n- it was never full tinfoil hat, but it was also, at the time, not, like, <laughs> regular hat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to call it. Um, I only have a couple more notes about, like, filmmaking stuff, if you're kind of wrapping up on the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned the the finale of the movie. just kind of feels like an incredibly earned surge of emotions with like the three twists and everything. I was a little bit, it's like one of the only things I don't really like about the movie is the score kind of feels a little bit too telling. It doesn't go full, you know, nineties drama. Like we talked about with goodwill hunting. Do, 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 do. Oh, Turing test. Um, Oh my god, this robot can draw triangles. Holy fuck. Uh, (laughs) Like, it never does that, but it does feel a little bit like it's showing its cards a little bit too much. And I wish the score was a little bit more reserved for, like, the first 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. So when, like, all the twists are happening and, like, Ava's betrayal occurs, like, it's like this loud, distorted synth that's just like swelling and like gaining louder and louder and louder and it's just like hitting you like waves and you're just like it would have been a little bit more impactful if they had kind of earned it a little bit more or just like not show their hand so much before i think that's one of my only minor complaints about the movie um is the music uh towards the beginning but i i think they they stuck the landing with it with the uh, Ava's like putting on of the skin and then like the loud distortion and that kind of thing. I think it stuck the landing, but it could have been a little bit more impactful. Um, 
See, for me, a good score is a score that I don't have any thoughts about um, because I shouldn't be thinking about the score while I'm watching the movie if it's doing its job. So that makes this a good score for me because I honestly don't remember anything about the score at all so i can't really banter with you <laughs> like i like i um i don't have any recollection of it no that's good that's that's not a bad uh, take to have i'm glad it wasn't as prevalent to you i agree that makes it a little bit more immersive when you don't even like when you don't even like really notice it mm-hmm. um so this movie did win an oscar for uh visual effects and I think it's one of the most interesting wins because, you know, you'll get, like, this year, I think, the winner for visual effects. It's probably, I think last year, I think Dune won. Probably. If I'm not that mistaken. That sounds right. Um, this, and this year, I bet it's going to be, like, Avatar, Way of Water, or something like that. And visual effects are, like, so much associated with, like, this gigantic scale, this macro like world building visual style and like basically budget like money went into it yeah and i feel like this is such an interesting win for that category because it's so micro it's just see-through midsection of alicia vikander yeah and like first of all like the house itself is incredibly believable Mm -hmm. set design production design everything is just like feels so like real and then we get these ai robots we can see through like the exposed skull in the back of their heads and they're like exposed midsections like it's fucking crazy it is Um, it is really hard to use cgi and still have me wondering how you did it you know like mm-hmm. that's movie magic man that's movie magic because when i look at when i look at some of the effects in this movie i've got no idea how they pulled it off and made it look that good no idea it's like i i kind of know but like i don't even think about it as an effect i think about it as an ai robot right, that right. i can see through their arms yeah like, yeah and it's, I'm just like, oh, it's weird that they, like, put skin on the hands, but not, like, the forearms. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about, like, oh, did she have, like, blue tape or, like, blue something on her arms to, like, digitally create that effect? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of, like, why did Nathan make the hands out of synthetic skin? Yeah. Like, I don't even see it as an effect. I see it as a as what it was intended to be, yeah. basically. So I thought that was really cool. Very, very immersive man just um because like that's the thing it never treats any of them like they're cool effects and that's what makes it immersive (laughs) it never goes like hey look at this audience did you notice that we did this no it's not even like the movie's not proud of itself for having effects that good um it just lets them exist where they're supposed to exist and doesn't even really focus on them or show them off and that makes this whole world feel real right like we're reacting to it like we would if it was real not if it was in a movie yeah excellent point for sure um i think that's basically everything i have outside of chekhov's sushi knife Um, Uh, yes i like how 
it was like kind of funny but also kind of terrifying how easily nathan got stabbed <laughs> it just kind of seems like hot knife through butter is generous it felt like a knife through water just like <laughs> yes you are stabbed now <laughs> oh that was wild oh robots are terrifying people that's all i'm gonna say um you ready to uh reprogram the show and get into a little bit of gimmicks here i am greg <clears throat> me too me too so we have a uh, a new gimmick of the week for this series uh the new gimmick of the week denny is something you and i decided on yes. for movies for when you're worried about robots what would that happen to be i forgot what we named it do you remember uh-oh it is threat level detective yes there we go how would you describe threat level detected? Um, it is the moment in the movie that makes you the most worried about robots. A particular fear that you have about the robotic uprising um, where you would be alerted to the threat if you were a robot. It's kind of a, kind of a hat on a hat now that I think about it. So, um, but, um, Greg, what is your threat level detected moment or experience? I mentioned... Um, towards the top there about how like i watched this my watch through this time was a slightly different perspective that i decided to kind of watch it through mm -hmm. and i attribute the the perspective to one moment where i felt the most fear of robots and their uprising is when kyoko removes the skin from her face Ooh. to like reveal the synthetic and moving mechanical eyeball under her cheekbone um and this time watching it i was continuously thinking about of what if ava's face didn't have skin what if she didn't have a face what if she was you know this is supposed to be a robot that wins Caleb over, but what if she was even more robotic? What if those eyes were just lights and not expressive? What if there wasn't a smile there, but like a flat bar, like C like C-3PO, just like a flat bar <laughs> that a voice came out of? Would Caleb still feel the same way? And I kept imagining like the conversations, like the test um between ava and caleb taking place with ava being purely robotic and they were so much more terrifying of scenes like thinking about them in that way so mm. kyoko removing her face made me think of that so um she's not a gray box after all as soon as they put that on uh what about you um what worries me the most about robots in this movie is um, how hot they are and whether or not it mm. will awaken something in me. All right. So, Denny. <laughs> what is your <laughs> Yeah? All right. That's all I got, all man. Right. I, like, if robots were this hot and this manipulative, I don't see myself not getting killed by them. Mm-hmm. Well stated. Denny, what is your favorite line from Ex Machina? Um I uh -oh. will let's see. I'll... Don't put him in a room with a robot. 
I'll give a couple runners up. Uh, sexuality is fun, man. If you're going to exist, why not enjoy it? Um, and mm. just for the chills that follow when she turns back to normal, my runner up is you shouldn't trust him. You shouldn't trust anything he says. And then I just felt shivers down my spine when she immediately goes back to uh, her normal setting after that. But, you know, I've just got to give it to... Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? It's a movie, man. You don't know that movie? Ghost gives Dan Aykroyd oral sex. (laughs) I, uh... Well done. Thank you. I thought about nominating that one. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Ghost gives Dan Aykroyd oil sex. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my winner for best line is spoken by Nathan to Caleb, but also us, the audience, I think. The real test is to show you that she's a robot and then see if you still feel she has consciousness kick ass bad fucking ass and they did it there they played their hand and we still just we still fell into the manipulation denny what would you rate this shit on your critiker what is your critiker score let me pull it up for x machina let me pull it up real quick fuck it logged me out of critiker all right i'll do mine if you insist go for it greg my my critical rating, it has been the same for the entire time since I've seen it. Um, very, very minor issues. I think this is a very cool movie. Um, top of the genre, maybe like a little too small scale, but like Alex Garland's like directorial debut, I think this is a very solid lead. And he uh, made a couple more films that I also really liked and then was also very mid on but more on that later i gave this one though a 35 out of 40 just shy of a 9 out of 10 Ah, damn i gave it a 46 out of 50 um which is i don't know fractions i don't do math i deal primarily in feelings i'm not a robot damn it 9.2 out of 10.2 out of 10 yeah i'd give it a 9.2 out of 10 that is that is absolutely where I'd rank it. You already did. Sweet. <laughs> oh man, well that's cool. I'm 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 glad you like it um, as much as I do. Yeah, basically, uh, more or less. I I think this is a great movie. And again, if you hadn't seen it, um, why didn't you listen to us before? Yeah, I can't believe it. And I feel betrayed. I legitimately can't understand how someone uh, wouldn't like it. That reaction to you saying there was a negative review when I said like someone didn't like this movie, that was not entirely in jest. Like that's surprising to me that someone has seen this movie and did not enjoy it. It's so fucking good. Um, there is nothing that everybody likes. I've. You just gotta accept that though. Like. The most incredible thing, universally loved thing. Somebody out there like genuinely hates it, either to be a contrarian or because they genuinely find something abhorrently wrong with it, uh, akin to the you know <laughs> Hitler's final solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> haters are out. There. 
Yeah. I think this is I think this is a perfect podcast with zero issues and nothing but uh quality and professionalism and I bet people out there somebody doesn't like us. I can't imagine why though. But see the trick is we tell the audience it's a podcast and then we see if they still think we deserve to mm. be liked. Mhm. <laughs> exactly. This uh this podcast did pass the Bechdel test once, but can it pass the Turing test? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, more on that later? Probably not. Anyways, Denny, this was fun. I feel like we got deeper into this movie than a serious man, which is honestly really shocking. Yeah, We've been, yeah. This this was supposed to be a lighthearted fun time, and we were just like deep in the river of depth. <laughs> I would I, I don't know. I was in a lighthearted and fun mood just because we were talking about sci-fi stuff. You know, like uh, I don't know. I, I I had I had fun. I was I was yeah, in a more I was a more serious man when we talked about a serious man. I'll tell you that much right now. Ah, you see, like an exploration of themes of sci-fi is a little bit more of a treat because it's not like. I don't have to confront my own yeah. existence like I do with some of these other things we talk about. A serious about. man makes me think about my life. I don't want to fucking do that while I'm watching a movie. I'm specifically here to not do that. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to do that next week, Denny, because uh, somebody called 911. The cops are, in, are on their way, Denny. Uh, what are we doing next week for your pick? You know, if you couldn't tell the difference between how Greg thinks about robots and I think about robots based on our uh, gimmick of the week this week, Ex Machina being Greg's selection and my selection being RoboCop should make it clear to you. Next week we Ooh. are doing the Paul Verhoeven classic satire. One of the greatest American movies ever made. A symbol of the 80s. One half of the reason we have Robocop versus Terminator on Super Nintendo. <laughs> Robocop! Right? That's, that's, that's how I think of it, too. Yeah, same. <laughs> Nothing else. Just those things. <laughs> I am so ready to cover RoboCop, and you know what? Here's 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 something I'm going to do this week. I'm also going to watch RoboCop 2, and here's why. Ooh. Because the last time I, did, I watched them, I remember thinking RoboCop 2 was a little better than RoboCop 1. However, I haven't wanted to commit to that opinion because it's been so long. Yeah, I don't want to just come out here and say something so bold like that. So next week, I will report back to you my current stance, and I will have a stance on whether or not mm. RoboCop 1 or RoboCop 2 is better. And there is a character named RoboCop 2 in RoboCop 2, so that's a strong feather in its Already cap. a leg up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if there's anything we're known for here, it's our love for sequels being praised above the originals so denny this was a blast man yeah um we'll probably have an audience poll for our third movie up uh by this point we probably need to get that together denny oh, wink shit, wink right. just uh we'll come up with some ideas and maybe reach out for some ideas yeah and 
we'll we'll vote on them by our robocop recording so stay tuned for that find us on facebook twitter instagram at movies for win all that good stuff leave us reviews preferably in the five star region if you want to that uh doesn't do anything because we don't you know push very hard but you know it makes us feel good and that's pretty awesome yeah make us feel good (laughs) please please uh (laughs) all right denny denny bought three thousand yes um we we've we've chopped it up about the um impending ai um implications of what that can mean for humanity um does Dennybot 3000 pass the Turing test and if so can it tell me the catchphrase computing for Greg work the C3PO Johnson I'm Denny oh the God Taylor and this has <laughs> been <laughs> yeah movies for when we already gained sentience when but you know what we didn't gain sentience? What's my cage girl? <laughs>